You're listening to Called to Homeschool, episode number 115, Why I Should Have Never Homeschooled. Are you feeling the call to homeschool and you're not sure what to do? Or maybe you are already homeschooling and it doesn't look like what you hoped it would. My name is Megan Thomas and I'm a certified life coach a mother of seven, and a homeschool pro with more than a decade of experience. I can show anyone how to create success in their homeschool, and I'd love to show you how. Are you ready? All right, welcome to another week, another podcast episode. Uh, You guys are awesome. This is fun. Thank you so much for sharing and all those beautiful things. And I love that this podcast helps so many people. That's awesome. It would be a real shame if I kept doing this and nobody loved it. So anyways, thank you for your kind comments and shares and all those beautiful things. Keep it up, friend, because I love it. And it helps people. Um, Also want to remind you that this summer I am doing the bonus classes in Mama's Member of Create Your Homeschool Year with Confidence, and they are recorded and saved. So even if you join now, you'll still have access to them. And also you get to download the workbook absolutely free. So that's super awesome. I'm all about saving money. Um, One of my clients uh, that has been working on the workbook said, I love this workbook. This is awesome. And I cannot wait to do this every year to just make sure I'm on track because it's more than just your curriculum, right? It's having this vision. It's having this aim and this goal, this person you're trying to become and this what you're actually trying to create in your family and cultivate. And so we think so much that it is about like what books should we be reading and all these other things, but there's so much more to it. It's like, who do we want to become? What is the journey we want our family um, to be on? And where do we want to go as a family? And so homeschool is just the way we facilitate that. And I love having this workbook with all these questions you ask and get a very clear picture of what it is you're trying to create in your family. And then homeschool just simply facilitates that. So I'm excited for that. As we were studying scriptures Um, the other day, and it was talking about the importance of what to teach children. And it was talking about that they need to know forgiveness, repentance, um, knowing God, and and just some basic, simple stuff like that. And it's funny how much we complicate life. Like we just need to know the basics. We just need to know these things. And then all the other stuff is just fun and it's just exciting. And so um, I love to remember that, like, do you know who God is? Do you understand repentance? Awesome. Then I'm killing it as a mom. So just some things to think about. Um, All right, we're going to get real here because I was talking to a client the other day and I was kind of telling her my story and she goes, is this on the podcast? I swear I've never heard this before. And I go, no, I've never shared this before. And she goes, people need to hear this. So I want to share with you guys all the reasons why I should have never homeschooled. And this may not be what you think it's going to be, but I want to like, Welcome to my life. Um, The podcast is a great space to be myself and be candid and a little bit vulnerable too. So just kind of to see where I started in this homeschool journey and maybe why I should have never started to homeschool. Because you guys get to see Meg 13-ish, 14 years in. Sorry, I never remember the exact number, so I always change that number. I have to think about it to remember the exact number. But over a decade, you guys are seeing a, a more polished product. And my husband will laugh because um, he's been an entrepreneur his whole life. And people have called them, what is it, a 10-year overnight success. So you, to me, how am I going to say that right? 
to you, I may look like an overnight success, but it's been a 10-year overnight success where it has taken a lot of time and diligence to get to where I am. So I love that I get to help people do this in a much shorter time frame, but I wanted to show you and tell you where I started with. Um, and like my client just giggled when she heard all of this stuff of like, I cannot believe you decided to homeschool either after hearing all of this stuff. So Wherever you are and you're like, here are the reasons I shouldn't homeschool or can't homeschool. Let me tell you mine. So I got married. <laughs> Fun fact. It's about 21 years now that we have been married. And when I got married, I was severely struggling with depression. And when I say severely struggling with depression, I mean severely. I was hospitalized twice because of things, actions I took because of the depression. and. Um, was in a psych ward for a while, both times, and in a lot of intense therapy when we first got married. Then I started having babies. And um, the depression wasn't as severe and it started getting better, but it was definitely there and it would show up um, randomly. I'd get baby blues sometimes, but just like it would show up in different ways and a little bit more explosive and different things like that. Um, then I had five kids now. So they came within six years. And the summer that I started toying around with the idea of homeschooling was a very rough summer. And I want to tell you why, because I had just had baby number five and there were some complications that came from that. So she was kid number five and uh, it is apparently very hard on your body to just be continually pregnant and breastfeeding. So that alone was really rough on my body. And I'm exhausted at this point. I have all these little kids. I'm pregnant again. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. I want to sleep a full night. So I had a terrible, which seemed like a really good idea at the time, idea of to stop drinking water after a certain time of day. Maybe it was like 2 p.m. that I would just quit drinking water. And I was like, this is brilliant because if I don't drink water past 2 p.m., then I don't have to get up all night and use the bathroom and then I can have a full night's sleep and I don't feel like a crazy person, right? So mind you, I'm on my fifth pregnancy of back-to-back -back pregnancies um, <laughs> and now I'm not drinking water. Well, guess what happens when you do those things? Your body shuts down. So. I am now 38 weeks pregnant and I wake up with some serious pain in my back and I am excited because I'm like, I'm going into labor and I had never had back labor before, but my mom had my sis, one of my sisters had. So I'm like, oh, this is just back labor. Don't worry, baby. Like, oh, this is exciting. Right. But then the pain felt different and it wasn't coming and going like a contraction. It was just there. It just existed. And then the vomiting started, excessive vomiting. And uh, my husband got nervous. <laughs> I was rightly so. Um, and I told him, I don't think this is labor, babe. So he took me to the doctor's office and they had me pee in a cup. They always have you pee in a cup, right? And when I went to the doctor's office, she was actually my last hospital birth. That's a fun fact. Um, when I went to the doctor's office, when I peed in the cup, it was so cloudy and gross. They go, oh, we don't even need to use the microscope because we can see this. Like there is something really wrong with uh, your body. So they send me directly to the hospital and my kidneys are not doing well. Excuse me. My kidneys are not doing well. 
So they're completely infected, serious kidney infection on both kidneys, and it is just a mess. So I'm admitted to the hospital. They can monitor the baby. They can keep the pain um, manageable with these kid this kidney infection. And the next day they decide you are far enough along. This is wreaking havoc on your body. Your poor body is really struggling with battling a serious kidney infection, plus the weight of the baby, squishing your kidneys and all these good things we're going to induce you. So this is really terrible because everybody's like, labor is the worst thing ever. So having had kidney infection on top of labor, I would actually pick labor again over kidney stuff. That's just a fun fact for me um, because I couldn't even tell I had started labor because I my body had started to kick into labor and then they just helped things along. But because the kidney pain was so intense, I didn't even know that labor had begun. So would not recommend um, having your kidney shut down on you. It is not fun. It does not feel good. So anyway, baby comes kind of a rough recovery, right? Because I'm battling a kidney infection on top of it. The pain, I'm like, I don't even feel anything from the birth. It's my stinking back that kills so bad, right? So anyways, she's born. She's beautiful. She's healthy. It's lovely. So now I have five little kids. It's the summertime. And one day I wake up with just puking and horrid back pain. I'm like, oh no, like did I quit drinking water? And my husband takes me again to a doctor's office. And this sweet doctor was like, she is vomiting really bad. Let's give her some anti-nausea, nausea? Am I saying that weird? Medicine. I may be saying that word. So he puts a needle in my arm to give me some anti-puking medicine. And what happens? I end up in the ambulance because it gives me a seizure. So now I've had a seizure. Get a fun ambulance ride. That's an expensive ride to the hospital. And I'm in there and they start x-ray, CT scans, x-rays, all the good things. I'm checking out my kidneys to find my kidneys are also full of stones. So not only was the back-to-back -back pregnancies hard on my body, but I just ate Tums like they were candy. Um, and it was just building and building and building all these kidney stones. And then not drinking water really was just the final nail in the coffin. So they go ahead and schedule me for lithotripsy, which is, which is just the procedure to break up your kidney stones. But because they were there were so many and they were so big, they decided to do one kidney, give me a rest, and then do the second kidney. So the first kidney, they do the lithotripsy, which I did not know you had to be fully in the buff. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> As they're like knocking me out. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't prepare. Anyways, fun fact, if anybody has lithotripsy, they make you do it um, in your birthday suit. So... I do the first round of lithotripsy. It's fine. Other than birthing a kidney stone is not pleasurable, but I survived and I passed the kidney stone. So I go in for the next round of lithotripsy thinking it's going to be kind of the same experience. But when I woke up, um, I went to a place that's like one of those same day surgeries, right? Where you just go in and go out. It's just its own clinic. So after the surgery, I woke up in the hospital and super confused. My hair, I... I probably had long hair again at that time. So the back of my hair was just a mess and just a rat's nest. So think of like when a little kid wakes up and they just have that crazy hair. I was like, what is going on? Turns out when I they were trying to wake me up from the surgery, I had a, another seizure. This time the seizure lasted 52 minutes. Um, I messaged my husband to make sure I got the time right on that because I always thought it was 90, but it was only 52 minutes. So I had a seizure that lasted 52 minutes. So then they kept me over in the hospital, did all the scans, did all the, I don't know, M MMR, e EKG, I don't know all the things they did. Anyway, they did all the things for checking for seizures. 
Um, they decided it was an allergic reaction. Like I failed all the tests. But they're like, but all the medicine's still in your system. And so like we think it was just an allergic reaction. So little did they know that I would continue to have them seizures and have had seizures on and off now for 13 years. Friends, this was all going down the summer that I told my husband, I think we should homeschool. So let's look at this from my husband's point of view, because I've always laughed that like he wasn't super supportive in the beginning. And then I was, I was really thinking about this. And if I were the opposite way, I don't think I would be very supportive either. He has had a wife who has been hospitalized a couple of times for severe depression. He's had a wife who has struggled with depression and outbursts and angry and um, just kind of an emotional, I don't want to say mess, but maybe that's a nice way to say it. Just very emotionally immature. He is now having a wife that has been hospitalized for seizures and we don't know what this is going to look like. My kidneys have shut down on me. Like some major things have gone on. I have five kids, the age six and under. And I say, babe, I have a feeling that we should homeschool. Can you <laughs> sympathize with him, empathize with him for a minute of seeing maybe why he had some reservations? Looking at it from his point of view, like very concerned, would this affect my mental health again? Would I end up back in the hospital? Um, would I have a full mental breakdown again? Um, how would having seizures affect my ability to teach and take care of our children? Was five kids under six too much to take on with homeschooling? Not like not even taking in mental health and like seizures, physical health. But like, is this just too much? There are five kids, six and under, and we really want to add homeschool onto this. Here's the deal, friends. I knew I had been called to homeschool my babies. That feeling of that summer was undeniable. But then school came around and I completely panicked. And I hurry and signed my kids up for school. And I think it was a tender mercy that that month of school was horrid. Not from the school or the teachers or anything like that, but the driving to and from. I had a first grader, a kindergartner, a preschooler, and now two babies. So I would have had a one-year-old and a newborn, a five-month-old, about five months old. So I had all these little kids and I'm having to wake up babies to drive back and forth to school, to back and forth to preschool, back and forth to kindergarten, and then back and forth for first grade. My time now with my oldest, who was first grade, was only homework. So the only quality time we got together was doing homework. And then he was done and wanted to just go play. And that was all the time I got with him. It was so terrible that I decided homeschooling would be much better than this option. I pulled them out and I have never looked back. The growth I have experienced from Meg all those years ago to Meg now blows my mind. I forget that that is the person I was. This really severely struggles with mental health, struggled with enjoying life, struggled with children, struggled with my husband, struggled with all the things. And how interesting that the Savior was able to take those weaknesses and make them strengths. I think it is so beautiful. Um, I take just because of this, of the way I take care of my body, the growth with that. So not only mentally has there been growth and the way I show up, there's been growth, but the way I take care of my body. So it doesn't shut down on me again. If you've ever really wondered why I'm the hippie mama, this is when I created a blog called the hippie mama because I dove into, I don't want to ever experience this again. 
Um, I still struggle with the seizures. They come and go. Um, they came really bad when I got pregnant with George, really bad. And uh, even during that first year, um, the severeness of them has actually increased, but the, what's the word I'm looking for? The amount of times they show up has decreased. And I'm still working on that and trying to figure that out of how to manage life with having seizures and having homeschool and knowing what to do when they do happen and how, what is my game plan? If I have a day where I'm so exhausted, I physically cannot teach. How does homeschool keep going? This, I think sometimes you see polished products and you see like, I did homeschool from bed today. And maybe you don't understand why that maybe it's because I had a seizure the night before and I'm so exhausted that I can be awake for about 30 minutes and this is what I got and then I need to fall back asleep. So sometimes you may see these finished products and don't understand where I've come from. And maybe you're like, well, Meg can do it because she has this or she has this support. I want you to know that if you feel the call to homeschool, that call comes from heaven. And if that call come, came from heaven, and you better believe heaven is there in your corner to help you. I have had so many blessings talking about the angels that have assisted me within my homeschool, that have watched over my children, that have helped me and mentor me and helped me to become the person I am today. And the reason why I'm so passionate about all these things and everything I love with homeschool and um, the things that I teach within my membership and the, the growth that is possible is because I have experience the opposite. I have been somebody who has struggled with severe depression and severe mental illness, right? I have been somebody who is was easily frustrated with my children. And yet the Lord still called me. And it makes me think of all the people he calls throughout history to do things that they think seems too difficult to do. But with his help, the Lord will strengthen me. What is that in Philippians 4.13? I, the Lord, will strength. I'm going to say it wrong. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And that has been a mantra. Obviously, I need to repeat it more often. But the Lord will strengthen you. If he calls you to do this, he will help you. If he calls you to do this, he may not give you the full picture. There is no way that all those years ago that the Lord said, Okay, Meg, in about 13, 14 years, I am not only are you going to be awesome with homeschooling, but I'm going to have you create a business and I'm going to have you help other people with it. It would have felt like too much, but he kept giving me the next step. Okay, Meg, your next step is this. Your next step is this. Um, instead of focusing so much on curriculum, maybe focus on hearts, maybe focus on connection, maybe focus on family culture. And he gave me step by step of what I should do with my family to get to where I am now. So if you have ever thought to yourself or told yourself, I should never homeschool. Maybe you are on the fence of like, I should never homeschool and hear all the reasons why. Or maybe you are currently homeschooling and like, I should stop and hear all the reasons why. Friend, heaven is always there to help you. And if you truly want to finish homeschooling and continue to move forward, God is there to help you. I am here to help you. And you, even though you may find reasons why you should quit homeschooling, I guarantee if you were willing to really look, there are probably a lot more reasons why you should keep going. I love you, friends. I hope you um, enjoyed the glimpse of what was going on in my life all those years ago when we started and seeing that it really is no matter what is going on, homeschool is possible when you truly believe in yourself 
And when you believe in yourself, you will continue to progress and to keep moving forward. I love you. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next time. Are you ready to take the concepts learned on this podcast to the next level? Then I invite you to join Mama's Members, a place where I will help you succeed in your family and homeschool beyond what you thought was possible. You will have access to hours of content, a place to ask questions, and weekly coaching calls to help you be the amazing homeschool mom you are called to be. To sign up, go to www.coachmegthomas.com join. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you.